And this morning, I'm going to preach a message that the Lord gave me. And um, I actually filmed this this last week. And it amazed me how God orchestrates things. The title of my message is Your Hair Smells Beautiful. And I want to dedicate this message to the women's home. Because how many of you guys know that at some point in your life, every one of us knows a woman that has been broken. We've known a woman that has been abused, that has been used, that has lost children, or that has lost loved ones. We all know people that are hurting. If you're a woman in here this morning, and I'm not speaking to the left side of me, the front two rows, but if you're a woman here this morning, I believe that God is going to speak to you. And if you're a man in here this morning, I believe that the Lord is going to speak to you as well. Because he has put this message in my heart to help transform and to help conform your character to the, to the character of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Pro the book of Proverbs 27. In the book of Proverbs 27, growing up in the ministry, I used to hear a preacher preach about this a lot. He would talk about the refiner's fire, going through the fire. How many of you guys have ever been going through the fire? How many of you guys know that three plus one equals fire? Three plus fire equals four. The Bible says that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, when they were put in the fire furnace, they saw a fourth man. They didn't even see it. Nebuchadnezzar saw the fourth man appear. In Proverbs 27, verse 8, he says, you got to... Forgive me because I have I wear one contact on one eye for monovision, so the, the lighting helps a lot. Proverbs 27, verse 21. It says, The crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold, or the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, and a man is valued by what others say of him. And then verse 22, we've heard a lot of messages about the refiner's fire. We've heard that when the enemy comes in like a flood, when you pass through the waters, or when you go through the fire, the Lord promises to be there with you. And I know that there are Christians in here that you've been through circumstances that you might be thinking, I don't know how I got through those if it only hadn't been the Lord. I don't know how I went through that situation. If it hadn't only been for the Lord, I would have never made it out life but there are moments in your life that are far more greater than the fire and those are the crushing moments those are the breaking point moments in your life in verse 22 he says though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain yet his foolishness will not depart from him i want to read it in spanish for the spanish speaking folk it says aunque al necio, any necios in here this morning, aunque al necio lo muelas y lo remuelas y lo machaques como el grano, no le quitarás la necesidad o la necedad. The Bible is saying, though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle along with crushed grain, yet his foolishness would not depart from him. How many of you guys know what a mortar is and a pestle? 
It's a it's an instrument. It's a stone bowl where the 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 crushers of grain, or in the Bible, they're known as the perfumers, or they're known as the apothecaries. They were perfumers in the Old Testament. The Bible says in the book of Numbers, they have it on the screen, that the women took the manna that fell from heaven, and the Bible says, now the manna was like coriander seed and its color like the color of bandolim. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones or beat it in the mortar, cooked it in pans and made cakes of it. There was an instrument that the women used to crush the manna that came from heaven. You know that in the book of Revelation, the Bible says in chapter 3 that he who overcomes the Lord God will give you a new name written on a stone. And he says, and he will give you hidden manna from heaven. He will give you hidden manna from heaven. This mortar was used to crush the manna, to prepare it. It was used to break uh, spices. In the early 1800s, there was a group known as the Spicers and another group known as the Peppers. And basically what their job was to do was to make medicines or to make uh, uh, ingredients for medicinal purposes. And they would use a mortar and a pestle. The mortar and the pestle was used to to crush grain or to crush ingredients that would be used for medicinal purposes. The Bible says in the book of 2 Chronicles 29, verse 11, it says, my sons, do not be, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you. Somebody say, chosen you. He has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that you should minister to him and to burn incense. If you continue reading, the Bible says, and the sons of the Levites were chosen as perfumers, and it was their job to make the altar of incense, to make the incense for the altar. It was their job to take the aromas and the anointing oil, and the Bible says, and they were assigned the duties of the priesthood, and they were the Levites. They were chosen by God, and they were selected by God to make the perfume, to make the, the aroma of the temple to make the offerings for the temple. And the Bible says that they were called by name. They were specifically set apart by name. You know, when you read the book of First and Second Chronicles, Pastor Mike Swatters a long time ago turned me on to some books, Point Man, Anchor Man, and uh, by, uh, by author Steve Farrar. And I've been reading Steve for everything that he writes, everything that he publishes, I read. Since I was 18 years old, I've been reading all his books and I watch his DVDs and watch his videos on YouTube. I listen to him till this day. And why was I mentioning about Steve Farrar? Steve Farrar used to say that every book should be sold with a bubble stick. How many of you guys remember buying baseball cards? And they all had a bubble stick of gum. You remember that? He said in the book of Chronicles, you have 
all these warriors and all these heroes. The Bible talks about men who were both with good with the shield and with the spear. The Bible says that they could fight with the left hand and the right hand. All of them were heroes of war. All of the heroes of war, they were mighty in battle. The Bible says that they were valiant in battle, that they could put armies to flight. One single man could put armies to flight. But the apothecaries, the perfumers, the priests were even so much more important. They were so much more important and God needed them in the temple. The Bible says that the men of war were experts with all weapons of war. But God needed priests. God needed men who could not only go to war and fight the battles of the Lord and fight for their wives and fight for their children and fight for their communities, but God needed men and women. He needed priests to stand before him, to minister to him. But the certain men could not be negligent. How many of you guys have ever said, Lord God, I pray that you would anoint me, that you would call me. I pray, oh God, that you would use me. You know what? If you don't understand those prayers, you are foolish to tell God, use me, Lord. You are foolish to pray, Lord God, anoint me, Lord God. You, you are foolish to pray, Lord God, select me, Lord God, call me to ministry, anoint me for ministry. You are foolish to pray those prayers if you don't understand what you're praying. Because when you pray, Lord God, use me, anoint me. When you say, Lord God, call me, select me, give me gifts, give me something to give to this world. You are inviting God for crushing moments. You are inviting God for moments that will break you, that seem beyond repair. When you say, God, use me and anoint me, you are asking God to put you through a process that you do not understand. I remember when I was 13 years old and we used to go to the conferences. How many of you guys remember the Holy Ghost conferences? And we would pray in the spirit and we would say anointing fall on me. And we would rush to the altars and ask God for a burden and ask God to call us and ask God to put his hand of anointing over us. And we didn't even know what we were praying for. I wrote this message in 2016. I used to type them all and be real sophisticated like your guys' ministry. But I started writing them and I wrote this message in December 5th of 2016. Before we would ever go through a crushing experience, before we would ever go through breaking circumstances that seemed like, man, we were beyond repair, before our ministry would face severe trials of going into the courts with your son who for an accident was facing over 18 years of prison. That was just for one charge. It seemed like, man, it was unbearable. It seemed like, man, if there was ever a time to quit, it is today because it was so unbearable. It seemed like we had been abandoned by God. It seemed like we had been forsaken by God. We had given all of our time and all of our energy to minister to people, to bring men and women into our home, to adopt children, to foster children, and all of a sudden, we are going through an experience that we didn't ask for. We never asked for God's crushing. We never asked for God's breaking. We never asked for God's moments of pain. But we did pray, Lord, use me. Didn't we say, Lord God, anoint me. Here I am. Here I am, Lord, at your feet. Mold me. Use me. Shape me for your honor and for your glory. 
And you thought just being in the women's home or in the men's home, that that was going to be your, your shaping. But there's so much more to the crushings of the Lord in your life. So many times we go through circumstances, we don't understand what God is doing. In the book of Exodus 37, verse 29, it says like this, and I got to turn there because I didn't write it. In Exodus 27, is that the right one? I'm at 27. See what happens when you have a, when you have a one bad eye? The Bible says that everybody has a function in the ministry. What if we were all one eye? Sometimes I feel like that. Uh, Exodus 37, 29. It says, he also made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices according to the work of of the perfumer the warriors and david's mighty men of valor they were warriors they were fighters they were men of blood but they weren't perfumers you see god has his mighty men of valor but then he has his perfumers in the old testament the levites the sons of the priests were assigned to make the perfume they were assigned to make the holy anointing oil and the bible says Though you grind a fool in a mortar with a pestle, yet his foolishness will not be, depart from him. But I want to appeal to you this morning. How many fools are in here? There are not very many fools. I would hope not. But how many of you guys know that if you put a wise man in a mortar and you crush him with a pestle, you will learn, you will, you, you, will, you will get a learned man or a learned woman. If you go through a crushing and if you go through a breaking, and if you're a wise person, you ought to say, you, you, you'll be saying to yourself, Lord God, there is something out of this breaking that's going to come out of it. My friends, this morning, I brought with me a molcajete. Maybe you don't know what a pestle and a mortar is, but this is a molcajete. And some of you guys have been in the men's home. And you've been praying prayers you don't even understand. You've been praying, Lord God, use me. Lord God, anoint me. Lord God, call me into ministry. Lord, put a calling on my life. And the Lord God is looking at heaven. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, the, the devil has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you so that when you return, you will strengthen your brothers. So you see, the devil wanted to destroy Peter, but God wanted to rebuild Peter. The devil wanted to ruin Peter, but Jesus wanted to perfect Peter. And Jesus knew that, Peter, you're going to fall away. Peter, you're going to fail. Peter, you're going to go through a break, and you don't understand how I want to use you. You just continue to put your life in my hands and watch how I'll use you. And so the Lord God, the Bible says that he liveth to make intercession for you and as an, as, as an intercessor it is his job because intercession how many of you guys know brings incense and so in heaven God is saying that young man he wants he's praying for me to use him so I'm going to allow him to lose a little bit of money I'm going to allow him to lose a little bit of sleep I'm going to pray him through certain circumstances that he doesn't know what I'm doing I'm going to take son he really wants to minister to men in prison he really does want a prison's ministry but I'm going to put his son in prison and see if he'll still minister I'm going to take some things that he really loves and some things that he really treasures and see if he really 
honor me and glorify me with his life. I want to really know if there's anybody that's called in here this morning and you said, Lord God, anoint me. Lord God, I pray that you would place a calling on my life, but you've suffered and you've lost some things and now you don't understand what God is doing. And he's up there in heaven and he's saying, I need a little bit of this in your life and I need to take a little bit of this out of your life and God is crushing you and God is molding you. And I'm just here to tell you this morning that if you're a wise person, you will not come out of this process broken. You will not come out of this process ruined. You will not come out of this process destroyed. You will come out of this process refined. You will come out of this process as an anointed perfumer. You will come out of this process as a vessel that God could use. My last verse, one of my last verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, you'll never look at this verse again the same. The Bible says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. How many of you guys know that sometimes it seems like, man, we're just being defeated. We're just losing things. We ain't got no favor. We ain't got no power. We ain't got nothing going for us. It seems like we're always losing. But the Bible says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus and through us, notice that, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. The Bible says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one we are the aroma of death, leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life. There are some people, they're not going to understand your testimony. To some people, they're not going to understand your breaking. To some people, they're not going to understand your crushing. They're not going to understand how the Lord God lets you lose a baby, how he lets you lose a husband. They're not going to understand how the Lord God lets you use your wife, how the Lord God allowed cancer in your life. They're not going to understand how the Lord God allowed you to lose your son to prison or to be in that car accident. They're not going to understand how the Lord God allowed you to lose your health, but you'll never be a healing, if a, a miracle of healing, if you've never been in need of a healing. Some people will never understand. They will see like, my God, Christians are always defeated. Christians are always going through crushing. Christians are always losing. And they wonder why, if God has called them, and why if they're in ministry, has God allowed so much things to happen in their life? It is because it is through God that leads us in triumph that through us diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. You see, when God puts you through crushing experiences, he's taking things from your life and he's allowing his fragrance to come through your life. There is a fragrance out of your life that you would not receive unless it had been through the crushing. There are some things inside of your life that God wants to bring out of your life that only thing that can bring them out of your life is the crushing. Nothing that is crushed is wasted. God crushes you specifically and skillfully with the right amount of pressure. He crushes you to bring value out of you. You know that healing is dispensed through your crushing. Healing is dispensed through your brokenness. When you walk into a room and people see that you've been broken and people see that you've been crushed and that you've been seems like you've been ruined beyond repair but they see you still glorifying God they see you still worshiping they still you see see you believing they see you still 
praying like God can come through. You ought, to, you ought to see what goes on in heaven. You ought to see the aroma that takes place in the presence of God when you pray. Because you pray a little bit different. You preach a little bit different. You sing a little bit different. You worship a little bit different. My wife and I adopted some babies. And it wasn't until recently that we told them that they were adopted. As a matter of fact, I was sharing these spiritual insights to some pastors in Mexico on Zoom. I'm almost done. Give me a couple more minutes. And I was preaching this the very best that I could in my Spanish. And I was telling them about adopting these children and the story that I'm about to tell you. And while I was sharing this message over Zoom to about 12 pastors, my son JJ at home was telling my wife and asking her, why is my uncle Jerome my uncle and not my brother's uncle? Why is grandma Kathy my grandma but not brother's grandma? And so my wife started telling him, well, because, you know, they're your family. And he says, mom, you can tell me the truth. I can handle it. What is Jerome to me? And then finally she had to tell him, and I wasn't there. You have to understand that I was preaching this message and telling this story that I'm about to tell you. And she said, JJ, you were adopted, and Uncle Jerome is your dad. He's not your uncle. That's why he is not brother's uncle. He's your uncle, but he's really your dad. And he would just put his hand on his head, and he would say, Mom, that is crazy. How come you never told me that? He didn't understand. We adopted JJ when he was three years old and his sister, my daughter, JL, we brought her home when she was two weeks old. She could fit on my forearm. She weighed four pounds. She was a small baby born addicted to drugs. She was born exposed to so many drugs that the mom abandoned her at the hospital. And we went to go see her. We went to go change her diaper. And they said, you know, she's probably going to be put in custody. And, you know, the mom has already lost four or five children before that now that's another story for the kids because they don't know they have siblings and they said well you can take her home in a couple of days but along with her comes a one-year-old little brother our older brother and he is also going to be taken into custody because the grandparents cannot raise him and so we took them home and we adopted him a few years later as these kids were growing up there was a young girl by the name of sherry sherry was walking on the street and you could tell that whenever we saw her, we could tell she strung out on drugs. We could tell she was hurting. We could tell she was not in the best of her circumstances. But when my little daughter saw Sherry, mom's friend, she would say, Mom, Sherry looks so beautiful today. Mom, look, there comes your friend Sherry. She looks so beautiful. And they have a picture I wanted to show you. This is my little daughter. She's probably about five years old. And she is in the office. It's kind of dark. But, oh, there it is. You ought to see her. She has a smile. And there is, there is some things that flesh and blood communicate. And this little girl never knew that Sherry was her biological mom. Every time Sherry would come, she would come in with gifts. And she's given her a gift right there. And my daughter does not always have that smile on her face. She's a tough cookie. But whenever she saw Sherry... She had a soft spot in her heart. She always said, Mom, she looks so beautiful. Mom, there's your friend again. And this message came to me one October evening. I think it was on Halloween night. Sherry walked in the church, and all the teenagers looked at Sherry, and they looked like leprosy had just walked in the door. 
They looked at her and they avoided her like the plague. She didn't look her best. She had cysts in her arms. But Sherry sat down across from jail and they began to have a conversation. And we would always listen in to see what she would tell them. But she was talking to them and she was giving her crayons and a coloring book. And she was just spending time with my daughter, Jail. And everybody else that looked at Sherry, they thought, man, she's a drug addict. She's strung out. She looks dirty. But my daughter looked at her, not knowing that this was her flesh and blood, said, Sherry, can I smell your hair? Your hair smells beautiful. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, the Bible says that there was a woman by the name of Mary of Bethany. The Bible says when she walked in the room, the Bible says all the fairies, all the Pharisees looked at her. And she began to anoint the feet of Jesus Christ. She walked in, the Bible says, with a very costly alabaster jar, perfumer's oil. A perfume that had been crushed and sealed in an alabaster jar. And when she walked in to the very presence of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that when she broke that alabaster jar, that the aroma of the perfume filled the whole house. And the Bible says that she began to wipe the feet of Jesus and she began to minister to him. And the Bible says that the disciples turned around and said, why this waste? Why waste all this perfume? And the Bible says that Jesus turned around and told them, leave this woman alone. She has done what she could. You see, the world calls it waste, but Jesus calls it worship. They don't understand why you sit at the feet of Jesus. They don't know why you worship the way you do. They don't know why you cry the way you do. They don't know why you pray the way you do. They don't understand the things that you've been through. And this same woman of Bethany a woman of ill, of ill repute came in to the house of Simon the leper. And the Bible says that, and Jesus looked at Simon and said, Simon, there was two debtors who owed two different amounts of debt. One was greater than the other. And Jesus says, who do you suppose loved their master the most when they were forgiven the debt? Simon turned around and told Jesus, I suppose that one who was forgiven the most. And Jesus said, you're right. Because he who is forgiven little loves little, but he who is forgiven much loves much. And I'm here to appeal to you this morning that he who has been crushed little has little to offer. He who has been prepared little will do little. But if you've been prepared greatly, and if you've been crushed greatly, if you've been broken a whole lot lately, I'm here to tell you that God is preparing for you a ministry that you cannot put into words, that you cannot be able to explain. It will be beyond your comprehension. This morning, are there any people that have said, Lord God, I want to be used by you. If that is you, if the Lord has spoken to you this morning, would you just raise your hand and say, Lord, you've spoken to me. There's not one prayer that you've prayed that hasn't risen up to the temple. There's not one prayer that you have prayed that has not reached the nostrils of God. I was sitting right there, and this morning when I got up, I was reading my Bible because I know that there was a verse that was missing from this teaching, and the Lord gave it to me while I was sitting right there. This verse has been sitting in this chapter, and I've never read it in this message. I don't know who it's for, but it says in Proverbs 27, ointment and perfume delight the heart. Some of you have been broken in your heart. Some of you have been so crushed and broken in your spirit. 
and you don't understand what is taking place. You don't understand the breaking and the crushing that you're going through. But God knows. God knows. God knows why you've lost that child. God knows why you got that health report. God knows why you've lost that money. God knows why you lost that job. He knows why he put you through those circumstances. There's some people that can go through circumstances that we've been through, and they walk out on their faith, they walk out on their family, and they walk out on their church. But not in this church. Not in this family. In this family, we stay together. In this family, we go through the breaking together. In this family, we stay together. In this family, we say, you know what, sister, I don't know why the Lord God has allowed you to go through that breaking, but I'm going to stay right here because some anointing is going to come out of this. Some kind of ministry is going to come out of this. Some kind of miracle is going to come out of this. How many of you guys have ever said, Lord God, I'm expecting a miracle. And God says, okay, well, I need to take your job from you. Will you stand to your feet this morning? And if the Lord has spoken to you, would you just raise a hand and let me bless you? Now, I don't know if you guys are doing altar calls, but I, I want to lay hands on several of you. I want you to know that the Lord God gave me this teaching. 